read uh, the Proverbs 8.17. You might understand how some of these songs connect with what the message that we'll hear shortly. Let's begin with number 555, Seek Ye First. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you singing hallelujah, hallelujah ask and it shall be given unto you seek and ye shall find knock and the door shall be opened unto you singing hallelujah hallelujah man shall not live by bread alone but by every word heard that proceeds from the mouth of God, singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, singing hallelujah, hallelujah. We'll continue with number 779, number 779. sing this song this twice. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I love you, I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear, may sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let's have our opening prayer. Shall we pray? 
Our most dear, gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. Today, again, we can come up and worship you in truth and in spirit. Father, we're thankful for your Son, Jesus, who came and died on the cruel cross of Calvary, that we may have everlasting life. Father, be with us tonight as we study and learn from your word and let it apply it to our everyday lives so we can take it out to the world. Let us Christians be examples one to another uh, as we go about our daily lives. Father, we uh, pray for those that are sick, need you in a special way, and for those that are caring for them, Father, and help them that they may get better and so they may come back again and worship with you, us as they normally would have. Father, we want to lift up those that are hurting tonight and comfort them, that uh, the ones that have lost loved ones, Father. We know we had so many recently, Father. We just pray that you will lift them up and be with them each each day, knowing that that they are with you now, Father, and that uh, we're the ones here being missed. Be with us, Father, as we preach into the world. We have ministers we know that are in harm's way. Uh, be with them, Father, and uh, keep them safe and help them minister to others. Be with us, Father, as we go with, throughout this week. Watch over us and keep us safe. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Before our lesson tonight, let's stand together and sing number 574, number 574. There is a name I love to hear, I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because He first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious blood the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because He first loved me. It tells of one whose loving heart can fill my deepest Oh, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because He first loved me. Please be seated. If you will, mark in your book number 273, number 273, that'll be our song of encouragement. Thank you. Yes, sir. Good evening. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Psalm chapter 46, and I'll meet you there in just a few minutes. 
I want to say a big thank you to all of those who were able to go by to the House of Hope today. I want to thank Ray for the words that he shared with us this morning. Also, Adam and the prayer that he led. The way I understand it, there was about a hundred folks that came through the House of Hope today. And... People donated about $1,200 just today uh, to that work. And so uh, we continue to be excited about this work and about the opportunities uh, this work will afford, about the number of people that will be able to be involved uh, in this work in many, many different ways. And I hope that you'll be thinking about that and praying about that and thinking about ways you can be involved uh, as well as the other things and the other opportunities that we have to serve in our church family, in our community, in our homes, workplaces, in our school. The book of Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 17, the proverb writer says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. I came across a story about a, a, a lady who had arrived a little late at a railroad station. And she had about five minutes to make this connection with another train. And as she ran toward the train, one of the workers there said, Lady, you need to slow down. If you don't slow down, you're going to come down with Americanitis. She said, What's that? He said, I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you how it acts. Americanitis is running up an escalator. And what he was saying is, is that's the way Americans come across as we're always running and running with our heads cut off almost. It's like if, if you've seen a, uh, an anthill and you go over and you disturb that anthill and the ants just go crazy. And he says, that's the way you're acting, told this lady, that's the way you're acting. Have you ever seen someone run up an escalator? I'm talking about they're running up the ones that go down. I'm sure you've seen that. Perhaps some of you may have been guilty of that yourself. Many times we're getting nowhere fast. And often we see people trying to figure out where God is. People are seeking God. God wants people to seek Him. But people are seeking God and in this crazy busy life And we're being pulled in all kinds of directions. I believe the psalmist gives us some direction about God, about finding God in Psalm 46. Listen to what the psalmist says. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roar, and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered His voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. 
Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The psalmist gives some insight here into how we find God in a busy, crazy world. In a busy, crazy life and lifestyle. Notice what he says in the first place in verse 1. God is our refuge and a very present help in trouble. The Hebrew word translated trouble literally means a tight space. And so God is there. He's there though we're trying to find Him. He's there when we're in those tight spaces, in those troubled spots. Have you ever felt like that you were in that tight space in life and that everything was pressing in on every side? Where your options were limited and where your freedom is restricted in life? The psalmist gives an illustration of a couple of things. He he says, in life there's some uncontrollable circumstances. There's some uncontrollable circumstances, things that that we really can't control. Verse 2, he says, Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. We're reminded in several occasions in Scripture about the storms of life and how storms come in life. Really, storms are a natural part of life. Both the physical storms and the storms that we go through personally. Have you had a few storms in your life? Uh, We know that there's been a few that's had some storms in their life recently. The psalmist said, in the midst of those storms, do not fear. Why? Do not fear because God is our refuge. God is our strength. He is ever-present when we're in trouble. Remember in 9-11, people asked, where is God? And I heard someone say, He's the same, way, same place He's been forever. He's there in the midst of the trouble and of the tragedy. The psalmist also gives the idea, the picture, that there's some insurmountable opposition at times. He speaks of war. He speaks of bows. He speaks of spears and chariots. Have you ever felt like in your life when these circumstances come on that, that the whole world is against you? The whole world is against you doing battle on you and you feel all alone and sometimes you wonder, where are you, God? And the psalmist would say again, do not fear because God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is there in the midst of the storm. And it's through God, only through God in those times, when we seek Him in those times, that He can give us strength. Remember the words of Paul Paul shared in the book of Philippians chapter 4 beginning in verse 1, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am, I'm in to be content. 
I, I know how to be abased. And in other words, I, I know how to be blessed. I know how to have gain. And I know how to abound. I know in everywhere and all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. Uh, to abound and to suffer need. And then Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Where are you, Lord, when, when I'm going through this tragedy? Where are you, Lord, when, when things seem so dark? And the psalmist remind us, God is there. When the storms of life rage around us, let us remember like Peter. Remember when they saw when he saw Jesus walking on the water? And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there. And he told him to come on. And when Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he was able to walk on water. But, remember what happened when he looked around at the wind and the waves? He sank. But do you remember what Peter did? He cried out to the Lord, Save me. He remembered where the Lord was in the midst of the storm. Verses 7, 8, and 9, the Bible says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord who has made the desolations in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. The psalmist will remind us when you're seeking God and you're trying to find God, He is in the mighty fortress. He is a mighty fortress. When you think about a fortress, what do you think about? I think about a few things. I think first of all about a city. I think about a city, we read about many of those cities in the Old Testament, a city with great walls. Can you imagine it? Great walls and you can't penetrate those walls. It's a city of safety. A city of refuge. It's a mighty fortress. Another thing that I think of when I think about this fortress, I think about when, when I was growing up. When I was growing up, I had, really I had built-in brothers, almost. My brother's nine years older than me, so he was older. And I had cousins, two sets of brothers on either side, on my mom's side and on my dad's side. And one of the things, whether I was, whichever set I was with, one of the things we enjoyed doing was going back in the woods behind our house or behind one of their houses and finding these big ditches and, and, and then along the paths to build a fort. And you know why we built those forts? Because we needed to escape the problems of life, right? Except for us, it was homework or chores. But as you get older, you see, those things of life get bigger, don't they? It's bigger than chores or bigger than homework. There's real problems. And the psalmist remind us, God is that fortress. God is that place where we can find protection. God is that place where we can find refuge. Isn't it interesting that in life, many times we as humans, we like to fix things on our own. You know, when we're trying to figure out a problem or we're trying to make a decision, one of the things that we're always told to do, and it's a good thing to do, but, but we'll, list a, we'll, we'll put a list of pros and a list of cons. It, what that does is it allows us to look at the, the problem, to look at the issues, to see what might be the best decision. 
Or some people say, you know what, go down to the bookstore and you need to get this book uh, that that will tell you uh, how to do this and do that and how to deal with this issue. And those are great things. I'm not knocking those. But sometimes in life, in our busy, hectic lives, that's the only place people go. And the psalmist says, listen, when you're in trouble, when you're in tragedy, when you're dealing with loss, when you're dealing with pain, when you're dealing with sorrow, you don't know which way to go. It's God where we get our refuge. It's God who's our mighty fortress, who gives us strength and can offer us help in those times. Doesn't life and people in life many times tell us? Be responsible. Be your own person. Take care of things yourself. Be self-sufficient. As we're raising our young people, and I know we do this with our, with our boys, we're trying to teach them to, to be their own person, to, to grow and be responsible and take care of themselves. And that is good. But there are times in life when those storms roll and maybe we're sinking and we need to be like Peter. And we need to say, Lord, save us. Lord, I'm in need. Lord, I'm struggling. Lord, I don't know where to turn. Lord, I'm in so much pain and I'm in so much sorrow and I don't know how to deal with it. Someone has said, in dealing with problems, we should remind ourselves of this statement. Well, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do in this situation. But our eyes are fixed on you. The psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. But I think he sums it up about how do we seek God? How do we seek God in a busy life? How do we seek God in the midst of trouble? Verse 10, Be still and know that I am God. The psalmist would remind his readers to consider the works of God. The writer of Ecclesiastes, in about chapter 5, 6, or 7, he talks about, consider the works of God. Do you remember what the Bible says in the book of Genesis? You remember that. In the beginning, what? God. And then he goes on and tells about all the things that God created. But the reality is, it was God. In the beginning, God. This morning in our class, speaking as an outsider, not from Savannah, I talked about, I reminded everyone in the class, most of them grow, have grown up here, that this part of the world is a beautiful part of the world. Natural beauty with the river and the lake that I know was caused by the dam, but, but the, the natural river and then the lake, and then there's mountains and hills and valleys. It's a beautiful part of the country. And yeah, we can go to Southern California, we can go to Idaho or New York City. We can go to the Smoky Mountains or the Rocky Mountains or we can go to the Gulf Coast and we can see the beauty of God's creation. But we have the opportunity right here 
to just go out of our houses, to drive down the street, to cross the bridge, and to behold the works of Almighty God. And to remember, He is all-powerful. He is our Creator. But how do we find help from God? The psalmist says, Be still. I mean, wait a minute. We live in this rat race. We're going from here and we're going from there and we're doing this and we're doing that. And we're always thinking about the next thing down the road. And the psalmist says, listen, if you want to find God, be still and know that I'm God. Do you remember what God told Moses when Moses said, he, he, he had gone through these things with God, and he says, God, what in the world am I going to tell your people, our people, what am I going to tell them who sent me? He said, you tell them that I am. You tell them the I am has sent you to them. The early church leader, Augustine, was once challenged by a heathen who showed him his idol and said, Here is my God, where is thine? Augustine replied, I cannot show you my God, not because there is no God to show you, but because you have no eyes to see Him. Sometimes people just can't see God. Sometimes in the rat race of our life, we may have trouble seeing God. And the psalmist said, if you want to find Him, be still. Take time to behold the beauty of His creation. Take time to listen to Him through His Word. Take time to speak to God. To tell Him our problems. To tell Him the things that we're going through. To tell Him the struggles that we have. Be still and know that I am God. You see, God knows it's important to pause, to take time out, to reflect to realize where He is. He's here. He's in our lives. He's in our lives whether things are going good or things are difficult. But, but I, I have this to do and I have this task to take care of and I have all these things to do. How do I find how do I find time to be still? Well maybe maybe we schedule that time. Maybe we make that time. Because the psalmist says if you want to find me in this busy, busy life, if you want to find me when you're dealing with Americanitis, you gotta be still. I mean, we schedule our work, don't we? Or somebody does. We schedule time for exercise. We schedule time for ball games. We schedule time for entertainment. Maybe we should schedule time 
for God as well. Like the proverb writer said, God loves those who seek Him. I want to share with you in closing tonight something I came across based on Psalm 46 and verse 10. But Lord, it's so hard to be still when all that's happening in our world. The information highway beckons to me. She lures me to her side with promises of news, current events, politics, entertainment, sports, weather, and a whole host of other facts. It's important that I stay up to date and improve my scope of knowledge, isn't it? Be still and know that I am God. But Lord, this is a fast-paced society. We have to keep up with, uh, or, or we feel, to, uh, we have to keep up with things, or we will feel left behind. There are schedules to keep, deadlines to meet, projects to complete. The prize is always to the swift. Everyone wants it ASAP. In fact, they want it yesterday. The pressure is on to produce in record time. You understand, don't you, Lord? Be still and know that I am God. But Lord, how, how can one be still when the world is so filled with constant racket, highway noise, sirens, car stereos, television, crying babies, telephones, factory whistles, clocks, lawnmowers, chainsaws, barking dogs, there's no end. Even nature offers no help many times, for there's always the distant sound of modern society or the call of the wild. Be still and know that I am God. I wish I had more time for you, Lord, but the demands are great. There's so much to do. The church needs my gifts of service. My boss expects me to finish that project. My spouse wants me to devote more time to our relationship. My children want me to help them with their schoolwork. And all besides all this, I need to take time to care for my body. Exercise is important, isn't it? Be still and know that I am God. In the midst of teaching, healing, traveling, and preaching, Jesus never allowed the pace of life to deter Him from spending time with His Heavenly Father. Do you remember what Mark wrote in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35? In the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there He prayed. Be still and know that I am God. I'm so tired, dear God. My strength is zapped. My energy is depleted. The demands upon my time have left me weak and numb. I can't think straight. A quiet time is the last thing I'm interested in, even though I know it's the very thing that I need most. After I've rested, I promise I'll get alone with you. You do understand, don't you, Lord? Be still and know that I'm God. My mind is more preoccupied than ever, Lord. It is so difficult to concentrate for even a few moments. I find myself thinking of the day's activities, appointments, goals, chores. I know I must focus and learn to listen to You. If only I could somehow push out of my mind these annoying distractions. And the psalmist would say, Be still and know that I am God. Where are you, Lord, during these storms? Where are you, Lord, when tragedy is happening? Where are you, Lord, when the, when the government seems crazy? Where are you, Lord, when my world is turned upside down? And the Lord would say, I'm here. I want to be your refuge. 
I want to be the one that gives you strength. I want to be the one that gives you security. Be still and know that I'm God. If you're here tonight and you haven't given your life to the Lord, it's kind of hard to be still and know that He is God. It's kind of hard to be in that mighty fortress of God when we've not given our lives to Him. And tonight, if you're here and you're in that condition, we, we beg you. Paul would write language like, I beseech you therefore, brethren. In other words, we're pleading with you. Only for your soul. Only so you can have that peace and comfort and that strength and that security that only comes in God. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe you just simply need the prayers of the church. We want you to know. We want you to look around at these brothers and sisters. We want you to know that we're here with you. We're not perfect. But we're willing to walk with you, to encourage you, to help you, and to pray with you. As together we stand and sing. I apologize, but we're going to adjust that invitation to number 31. Number 31. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I am the Lord that strengthens thee. I am the Lord that strengthens thee. I am the Lord that strengthens thee. So be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Come be seated. Number 490. Number 490.